0: Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits on Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a Night Boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who's in a battle for East Anglian supremacy, and a man who predicted the rise of Leon Sidal before anyone else. Will Everett Human, well, how are you
1: doing? Uh, very well, Dan. Very well indeed. There's no, uh, there's no battle for East Anglian supremacy. As I take no ownership of East
0: Anglia. <laughs> um, you don't want it?
1: I don't, don't want it, don't want it. I'm just, the, I'm just the King of Kent. That's all it is.
0: Fantastic. Uh, not really a question of the week this week. More just, uh, there were a few really fucking scary injuries. Scott Sabrin, obviously, was one of the scariest ones at the time. It was clearly David Backus, left. David Backus, clearly upset, which is kind of weird to see for a hockey player. I'm not sure about your feelings on that. And then, of course, Brian Little had a, a fucking brain bleed, which was...
1: Wait, Brian Little had also... a
0: brain bleed? Yeah, got hit with a puck. He had a, he had a bleed on his brain. He's in a neurocentre right now. He's like recovering and it's all okay but Jesus yeah.
1: Christ what what happened to Brian little I't that's the thing but I haven't even seen anything about this
0: Yeah, so Tuesday night Tuesday night Brian little got hit by a puck in the game against the uh, I didn't see what it was against but it was against the devils I've
1: just got the video here oh mate yeah Elis one timer from like high slot he misses the net little was behind the net and he takes it in the in the head yeah, oh. you have to have
0: like thirty stitches thirty stitches as well.
1: Jesus Christ and he's got a brain blade. Fucking hell. Yeah, shit's dangerous <laughs> out there. Shit's dangerous out there, and that's even yeah. without sharing the ice with Milan like Lucic,
0: <laughs> Which of course we will get onto later. The uh, the Scott the Scott Sabrin war was really scary because the whole arena was just I mean, deadly quiet. Very eerie. Everyone was yeah. just kind of stood around waiting, and you could hear a pin drop. It, that was kind of, I think that was what was made it more scary, was the mm-hmm. fact that it was just quiet, and sort of nobody was nobody dared move even. It was it was very peculiar.
1: But it really, whenever anything like that happens, it's the silence that really hammers home the severity of the situation. It's like, yeah, you know, say if say if there's a like if you're watching a film with friends, yeah, say you're watching a comedy, and and your mates are all laughing then you laugh even more, You like you, there's something in your brain that goes, oh, that's funny, so I find it more funny than if you're on your own, you never laugh out loud to a film, really. It's the same sort of idea in that, oh, all these other people are taking this very seriously, then I must. it must be very, very serious sort of thing.
0: Interesting, I kind of, I don't know, a weird visual seeing David Backer so upset. Not because he shouldn't be, but because it's very rare that you see a hockey player kind of let out his emotion and grief like that so clearly,
1: it's, it's going back a little bit now. But first game of the season, Roman Polak takes that that tumble into the boards, ends up breaking his oh, yeah. sternum. in In an interview the day after, John Klingberg said it was a good thing that he didn't move, like promoting the fact that you know applauding the fact that Polak didn't try and get up or anything like that. Which, yeah, in a similar vein, it's weird to hear NHL players. Sort of uh, uh, p- putting the safety of their teammates and opponents above any seeming code of double hardness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, that was a quick one this week, but uh, yeah, be careful out there, folks, on the ice. It's bloody dangerous.
1: Yeah, just a touch. Just a touch.
0: All right, let's go on with the show then. Let's. everybody, it's that time of the week. It's the Smooth Recap. Like a messy baby that's learned to toilet train, or a man with a weak bladder who has had a urethra operation, congratulations in order to Sergei Bobrovsky, who kept his first clean sheet of the season. <laughs>
1: Jared Bednar ended Tuesday night with a resounding loss and some egg on his face to boot. The Avalanche coach was caught on camera questioning why a 4 minute double minor was assessed after his staff lost their second challenge of the game. Clearly Mr Bedmar, Bednar isn't as up to date with the rule book as he should be.
0: As the Islanders win their 10th in a row, the SUV is now gone from Barclays. Interviewed on the way out, the automobile says even it can't stand much in hockey there.
1: After going over 2 on the challenge in that game, the Avalanche coaching staff now has more penalty minutes over the last two seasons than their own Valeri Nichushkin, with the bench bosses outscoring the Russian 6-5 in that category.
0: Like one of those shite M. Night Shyamalan films, a case of memory loss strikes an entire city when the World Series champions, Washington Nationals, celebrate with the Washington Capitals. You maybe no one had the heart to tell them that St. Louis are the current champions.
1: Evander Kane is coming to a television near you as a star of Can't Pay We'll Take It Away after news surfaced of the Sharks' winger owing $500,000 in gambling debts in Las Vegas. Can't think of anyone else in Nevada who might have use for that information.
0: After relegating the Sharks last week, the hunted has become the hunter, as in a flip-flop of last season, the Ottawa Senators now find themselves rooting for Lady Luck as they own the Sharks' first round pick for this season. I look forward now to next season with the Sens' top line featuring Alexis Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield.
1: In the DEL, former Red Wing Jakob Kindle admits to the referee that he fell of his own accord after the Zebra issued a two-minute penalty to the opposition for tripping. It's that kind of soft European honesty which meant he couldn't stick it in the big leagues.
0: When you first learn what four is, and you spend 45 minutes trying to please your partner instead of just getting on with it, echoed in the hockey world this week as the Leafs defeat the Flyers in the 11th round of the shootout. Andrea Sheldon doing us all a favour, scoring the climax in goal.
1: My, uh, my daughter has discovered Frozen as well as many other sing-along Disney films. Please search for Will's Sweet Release on GoFundMe and donate for my trip to Switzerland.
0: And that was your smooth recap. All right, I'm devastated because that Evander Cain story was was that like a secret one I had for you later on. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm terribly
1: sorry. Terribly sorry. mate. Drusted, fa- how how amazing is that? Half a mil. Jesus. He's been out with Eugene too much, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Half a million dollars in gambling debts. And I, I would say, how, how do you get that much and how do you just walk away? But like, of course you do. Like, if you're that rich, it's like, pfft, whatever.
0: Who cares? Yeah, of course you do, yeah. Who gives a shit? They said, it, it, the statement says he took out eight credits between 20000 and and $100,000, which was between games three and four of the uh, the first round last season.
1: Wait, he did all that between games? 500 grand yeah. between games? Yeah. Mate. Oh, that's, <clears throat> that's quality. That's so good. 500 grand in, in basically 24 hours. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so if he if he owes five hundred grand, that's not necessarily that like he lost five hundred grand. He might have invested five hundred grand, sort of thing. He might have invested yeah, like a mill and only lost five hundred grand of it, sort of thing. Yeah, good you know point. I mean. Good point.
0: One of three things happened, and I hope it's the last one that I'm going to mention. Either firstly, he realised he'd lost that much money and went, oh, shit, I'm just going to leave. Secondly, they said to him, sir, can you pay? And he went, no. So they said, can you please leave? We'll be in touch for the money. Or thirdly, his mates had to drag him out of there, kicking and screaming, because he kept saying, no, no, I'll win on the next one. I'll win on the next one, I'm sure. Still got the crap dice
1: in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Some heavy, like, prize out of his fingers as he's being dragged across the threshold.
0: just, yeah, thrown out into the street.
1: <laughs> and stay out. <laughs> yeah. and, then, oh. and then this is like 11 in the morning of game four, <laughs> yeah. and he just walks across the street to Team <laughs> Over <Oval> Arena.
0: Morning, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Evander. morning, why you're is there a suit? It's all roughed up. Oh, never mind. Uh, you're early for
1: morning skate. I uh, just wanted to get a couple of reps in on the bike. You know me, coach.
0: I'm a company man. Oh, what a guy. He's uh... a...
1: <laughs> Listen, we've got a couple of rookies here today, Evander, and you're such, just setting such a good example for him. We'd like you to uh, take a couple of minutes of your time to talk to him about being a professional. I
0: mean, I'll probably went to Kevin Bank and said, can you owe me some money? Kevin's like, you're taking the piss, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god fantastic dude where is Ryan Reeves somebody find me Ryan Reeves I need to know that he knows this story because god almighty
1: mate I've gotta I've gotta know
0: I've not seen anything from it and I assume it would have been all over my timeline if he'd said something by now but I can only assume he hasn't because I've not seen a single thing
1: well surely we've just got to wait until they play each other next haven't we I
0: just you know I just hope I just hope he woke up that morning and sort of like looked at the paper or went to NHL.com or wherever he got the news and just saw that headline and just like the Grinch, just a massive grin like crept across his face as he looked out and across across the horizon. And his missus went, "Are you okay, honey?" "Oh yes, I am fine. It, today's a good day." <laughs> we've just got to
1: wait two weeks. Two weeks today.
0: Oh got, yes. Um,
1: sharks at night. It's nights at sharks. I, I never know how to read this Google thing. I think it's nights at sharks. There will be a soundbite. I think there might be a soundbite from that from that evening, of a of I think, national hockey I league think hockey. I think there
0: also, yeah, I think there also be something, uh, pre-game, post-game, on the ice, like, <laughs> not on, on the benches. <laughs> there will be soundbites all over. <laughs> Pierre's like interviewing Ryan Reeves on
1: one of those benchside ones before the before the games. Like, oh, how do you think Isakovic gets the opportunity? Opposition to yeah, Ryan. I just want to take a minute, Pierre. <laughs> To
0: talk about <laughs> being gambling aware. I'm open. Yeah. I'm o- Yeah, I'm open. He goes into like a gambling aware sort of yeah. a statement. Like, uh, be, come on, folks. Now be careful out there. When, you know, it's no joke. When the fun like, stops, gamble. stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get that. Out there. What's, really bad is, what's really bad is none of our North American listeners are going to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but just quickly, like in England, you can gamble anywhere. There's shops no. in the high street. You just go to them. It's like. In the middle of soccer games at half-time, you'll have adverts to promote gambling. You know, come and gamble on this website. It's the best. Come and gamble on this website. We give the best odds. And at the end, because they know there's a massive gambling problem in this country, a little banner comes across that says, when the fun stops, stop. Mate, and, it, right. it's
1: not even just at the end now, it's like throughout the entire advert, it's like a third <laughs> yeah. of the screen is this big yellow thing saying, we're more worried about gambling nowadays than we are about people drinking,
0: and that says That's so a true. fucking lot about our gambling issues. Oh my god, it's a disaster. It's so bad. You've got a lot to look forward to in North America, it's going to be great for you. Alright, who's winning the cup?
1: Coach okay, Gabriel wins the cup today, tomorrow forevermore because he is the only, he's still using rainbow tape on his stick as promised arguably the only consistent on ice supporter of uh, of lgbtq plus rights and uh big old curtis gabriel i wasn't a big curtis gabriel fan until i found this out but now i am now he's the best player in not in the nhl someone call him up
0: uh, for me winning the cup this week is the leafs as a, a young Leafs fan, Cade Foster had a picture posted on I think it was on Twitter last week and no one turned up to his birthday party oh, yeah, I saw that, that's sad the Leafs then made sure to get in touch uh, Mitch Marner and John Tavares sent him a message sent him a, a personal message and the Leafs have said he's going to have a nice sort of present coming his way from the team, so always Is, good. Do, do we do we
1: know who he invited to his birthday party? It's not, <laughs> he didn't invite like John Tavares and Mitch Marner did he? <laughs> This isn't actually like a cover-up
0: of, of them bugging him right off. <laughs> no, no. No, apparently he invited his friends and they didn't turn up. Pricks. Fucking there pricks. You. If you're listening, Cade, then you they're you. fucking pricks. Yeah, fuck them off, Cade. Get some new friends. You don't need them. you, you make new f- friends. It's you don't fine. fucking need them, mate. Do drugs instead. No. When the fun stops, stop, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's <laughs> getting relegated?
1: I'm, I'm going to relegate Jordan Bennington <laughs> for being a sore loser.
0: <laughs> is that was it today's was it comment from was that the comment from today? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I think it might have been from last night, but yeah, him saying that. Oh, last he, night, sorry. Yeah, he he should have won the Calder ahead of Elias Pettersson. <laughs> not 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 only is Jordan Pennington a massive racist, he's also a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? How can,
0: <laughs> how can he, in, in his heart of hearts, really think that he had a better season than Elias Pettersson did? Really, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna really get the Leafs because and <laughs> because this may... because John Tavares. No wait, no, shut up. wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Because and this is so cynical. I should maybe be in prison. But do we know for sure it was this boy's birthday and no one turned up? You know, it's just a picture on Twitter. I'm just saying a few things. Only a year or so ago, that that mum put that picture on of that boy crying because he was being bullied. That it turns out his parents are in like the clan, and everyone was like, Oh no, this boy's being bullied, it's terrible. And then afterwards, <laughs> we were like, Oh, that's why he's being bullied. Okay, so well, I'm just saying, I'm just on. saying, there's a lot
1: to unravel from what you've just said. First, Go on, firstly, are you blaming the Leafs for a potentially snidey eight year old? who's trying to mug Twitter, or, or, or eight-year-old and associates for trying
0: to mug no, Twitter off. Because right now, I think, right, I think in this day and age, you have to be very careful to straight away jump on the, oh, that's so sad, here's loads of stuff, bandwagon. Because that boy who got bullied last year, who had the, right, was crying in, on that um, Instagram video, he got invited to the Marvel, like the Avengers premiere, and I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, but the, that's... Se-
1: the second part of what you said, Dan, second part of what you said concerning this bullied child, yes.
0: He he's not in the clan, is he? No, but he was getting all this stuff, and then and it turns out his his parents were like... But, they, but then I'm thinking, like, did the parents have the parents used this, this boy for this Leafs birthday thing to get, like, free tickets or something? I don't know. you just got yeah, to be careful what,
1: these 100%, days. 100%. Like, whether, whether <laughs> the parents are, like, racist or not, that's absolutely. If you're putting it on social media, like my son's a loser, nobody came to his birthday party. You know for a fact that in this day and age, you're, especially if you tag the maple leaves in it or whatever. Yeah. Begging for a freebie, and that kid's not like, he's not leading the charge on begging, on on exploiting himself. <laughs> same with same with the clan kid. Like, yeah, he he's as much of a victim as anyone else is. Is he? Are you? Just saying. All right, all right. Even if this kid, even if this clan kid is is in the clan, <laughs> and he gets all doled up in his best sheet and you know goes around the Grand Dragon's house or whatever, that's not his fault. No, he's not like forming his own opinions on on race.
0: He's being radicalized from within. Fair point, but still, can, can I think I just, just like just throw just can throwing I, stuff online. Is can like, I say you know, what, 15 minutes into the podcast and somehow we're talking about (laughs) radicalised eight-year-olds, like, (laughs) fuck's sakes. (laughs) It's this family's fault, it's not my fault, they put their kid on Twitter. And do you know what as well? It's (laughs) your fault. It's not my fault. Are you saying that you didn't radicalise this (laughs) eight-year-old? No, I'm just saying it's not my fault for bringing this people's attention and having this having this cynical opinion. Because <laughs> okay. here's the other thing as well, right? If my my daughter's having a sleep, it's my daughter's birthday next weekend, and so this weekend she's having a sleepover, right? If nobody turned up to a sleepover, I'm not going to put it all over social fucking media. This, this is what I I'm saying. Keep it as quiet as possible. So it's
1: not I mean, the kids' fault. Don't. It's not the kids' fault. It's not the Leaf's fault. What what are the Leafs going to do if the Leafs get tagged in that thing and then they say, Nah, allow it. We're not going to do anything. Then they get bombarded with like, oh, what do you do? You hate the troops? Do you hate this kid? Um, <laughs> do you hate the troops?
0: Because his dad's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you hate the troops? That was hilarious. <laughs> I just so, think the team should be more careful before they start throwing stuff out, you know. And oh my god, yeah, like oh, you're gonna get loads of presents from us and all that kind of thing. Like you gotta be careful these days. You never right, know. You never know. Uh, let's let's check back in next week when it turns out this kid's dad is Tekajinski. <laughs>
1: I will have my revenge.
0: Christ, we need to move on. The show's already off the rails. How many starters you got and scratches?
1: Uh, I've got one starter and two scratches.
0: I have got three and one. So I'll do my. Uh, I'll do two of my starts first. Then
1: three. You're being too generous with your starters, mate. Like there, there aren't three good things that happened this week. Maybe not in your world.
0: No, in your Mister... world either. Well, that's true, but I have to I have to balance out my cynicism with some light heartedness. Well, so, so,
1: so this is this is um, starting things not in good faith with with no semblance of like backing <laughs> behind them or sincerity.
0: <laughs> no, these are these are all these are all sincere. Well, two of them are. <clears throat> One's just a personal opinion, but whatever. I'll I'll, I'll judge <laughs> these myself. Uh, I'm going to start gritty. Who met his super fan this week? <sighs> oh wait, which was. No, this was a this was a beautiful. This is one of those. Okay, like get your tissues ready if you're a parent because this is one of those. Oh God, okay. Uh, uh, Jack Callahan, a four-year-old boy who is uh, battling cancer, has yeah, he's living in a care home at the moment, okay. and he's not been able to see any of his friends or anybody from his, like from his world apart from the people at the care home for the past like five months. And he just said like, I just for my birthday, I want Gritty to come and see me. And he had he'd like handmade his own Gritty dolls and all this kind of thing. Something. The show, the, the, the stories on ESPN, go and find it, it's amazing, but in the end it's just gritty being gritty, being stupid and silly and this little boy's laughing and there you go. Every week there's a, a story that brings a tear to my eye and this was it this week.
1: Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Big up gritty. Big a, up great. That spurred me to add a second starter, last minute writing edition and I'm, oh, also, on, I'm also going to start uh, a gritty related thing, I'm going to start Kyle Bukowskis of Sportsnet oh. <laughs> for, have you seen this? Um I have seen this. For his his wonderful <laughs> wonderful, wonderful rinkside hit. It was uh it was Leaf's um Leaf's Flyers in Philadelphia and uh he's getting harassed by Gritty while he's trying to do this little rinkside hit and he somehow manages to insert puns about what Gritty's doing to him while he does the um while he does the hit and Power, power to you, Carl, for a for a man who was mugged off by Brad Marshend last season. Yes, um, he's absolutely recovered. That I will pause for the cynical side of me that thinks these puns were a little bit, a bit too good, and I can't imagine that uh, Gritty would have been allowed to, <laughs> to do all the things he did to Carl Bacasquez while he was live on television without you know sort of running that by Sportsnet, you know, previously.
0: But we'll we'll have it. I, in good yeah, faith. I think you're right. But, but still well, but still yeah it was good. Great bit of television, love it. Big up, Cole Baskis. Uh, I'm also going to start uh, bizarrely as a Bruins fan. I started the Leafs. I'm not going to start the Montreal Canadiens mm. after they applauded Zdeno Chara for skating in his 1500th game, which was bizarre, very bizarre. In, we've got an interview coming up in the next over the next few weeks with a, a fan, a Habs fan, because as Will and I said ages ago, we wanted to get fans on the show to talk about their team, talk about like the market they're in, what it's like, where they live and all that kind of thing. So I thought, what better? than to have a Habs fan on as me, a Bruins fan. And he said, we did interview last night and it'll come out in a few weeks, but he said it was very surprising because I said, like, do the Canadians hate the Bruins more or the Leafs more? Because I, heard, I kind of heard over the last few weeks, like, oh my God, a Toronto-Montreal series would be the absolute best thing. It'd be so good. And I was thinking, all right, like maybe... Because the Bruins rivalries died down because neither team's been very good together for a long time, that maybe now they don't care. And he said, Oh no, he said, hatred of the Bruins still, it's massive hatred. And he he said he was very surprised that they applauded um, Chara, but fair play to them.
1: Yeah, power tower where power's due, innit?
0: Yeah, I think, do you know what? I think it showed that they appreciate the game of hockey more than they hate the Bruins. I think it shows what a hockey market that is because for them to their arch rival a guy who's like lifted you know lifted up a cup and proclaimed to be everything about boston or let you know for them to applaud him is a pretty big deal and it kind of reminded me of, do you remember Ronaldinho got applauded at the Bernabeu playing against Real Madrid for Barca
1: yeah when he just eviscerated them didn't they win that yeah he, like, he just
0: ripped them to, yeah he scored two unbelievable solo goals and after his second goal all the Madrid fans were just stood up applauding him which was insane like that's insane to see and kind of the same thing last night. You know, it shows that they love they love their sport more than they hate certain players. Okay, what's your second starter?
1: Uh, my second starter is extremely serious. So give me half a second to compose myself. No probs. Uh, I just want to send out thoughts to Mark Latestu on uh, on behalf of the podcast. I'm sure on behalf of yourself as well. Dan, have you heard about what happened to Mark Latestu? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so Mark Latestu uh, has been shut down for six months with myocarditis. Which is allegedly a virus which attacks the heart. So, you know, he's he's doing well at the moment. His he, his prognosis is is looking good, but still, it's a very serious situation for a, in some ways, a legend at the moment. Like you know, Martinez to absolute journeyman sort of thing. He's he's done very well to stick around in the league for, for as long as he has. Um, well respected throughout the league by by players and fans alike. So yeah, just thought that Mark to Martin and his family in this in this trying time.
0: Fantastic. Okay. And, uh, and my last starter is, this is a personal one, but I'm going to start classic consoles. As Ooh. this week, I went out and bought a PlayStation 2.
1: Oh, mate. oh that's a little bit sad to think that um, the PS2 is a classic console now.
0: Mate, it is. It's, the, it's the, greatest, the greatest game system ever created. And with it, I bought a copy of Pro Evolution Soccer 5, the greatest soccer game ever created. Oh, of and I'm fine. not sure...
1: No, <laughs> well no no we're gonna, we're gonna stop you there because the greatest football game that was ever created was this is football 2005 and I oh, won't I hear
0: anything say. otherwise I'm not sure what your first console was but you wouldn't appreciate the absolute losing of collective shits that occurred when the PlayStation 2 was released it was fucking insane yeah I, I, can't... I, was,
1: I was too young to really get it like I knew it was really yeah. good but not like be that buzzed about it
0: what was your first console actually? or gaming system what was the first thing you got
1: the first one i remember playing having at home was yes it was either the sega master system 2 or the mega drive i know we had them in conjunction i can't remember if we got them both at the same time
0: from him okay but yeah the mega drive is probably the the short answer there yeah so this is the crazy thing about the PlayStation 2. It's, just great, it's the, it's the biggest-selling one ever. It's sold 155 million units. That's mental. And they only stopped making them about three years after the PlayStation 3 was released because they were still selling. They kept making them because they were still selling.
1: They, they were they, still releasing FIFA on PS2 in like 2009, weren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was so... Su- so it was released in 2000. It was so successful... Sony only stopped offering repairs on them last year. That's crazy, isn't it? Which is insane. And I was just in—I was just in a game shop, and it was—it was like thirty quid for the, you know, the console and the game. And I just thought, you know what? I had so much fun on this. I need to get one of these machines. So I grabbed one, and been having an absolute whale of a time on it. So, tiny bit indulgent. I'm gonna leave you my top five gaming consoles or gaming systems ever, as voted for by me. Number five. Mega Drive, Stroke, Sega Genesis, which is what it was called in uh, the US. Terrible name. Number four, yeah. Number four is the PS Four. I love my PS Four. I, I think it's amazing. Number three is the Game Boy. I think I've said this before, but my grandparents bought a Game Boy. I mean, when they were well into their sixties, because they became obsessed with Tetris. I became, everyone became obsessed with Tetris, didn't they? It's, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The, I was a kid, but yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's the it was the classic story of oh, actually, you don't need a game with a story and all this. You know, you just need something that's crazily addictive. And everything since then has been, well, it's just like Tetris. You know, all those kinds of games, is, you know, it's just been like that. Uh, number two is the Amiga 1200. I very much doubt you'll ever see one of those, Will. Uh, no, I no, i have not in the flesh. No, so the that's Amiga not... 1200 was a company that was, I think it was bought by, a, a, there was used to be the Commodore games system Mm -hmm. which was around when I was god like five or six, that's what they were. And the twelve hundred had the you know the three and a half inch blue floppy discs with the like the metal. Yeah. You could get that's where you could get the games. But if you had a certain disc, you could copy any game for free. Which is why they which is why they sold a fuck ton of Amiga twelve hundreds, because you could essentially get it and get free games for the rest of your life. Because it was so that was, you know, it was amazing. But there was some absolute classics. And that was the first time I ever the Amiga 1200 was the first time I ever played on Championship Manager, and that was that bore my love of that, so I have to include it just for that. And obviously then, number one, yeah, the PS2. Just, just a phenomenal piece of kit. Just groundbreaking. Oh. So you said that you had, you had one scratch?
1: Uh, yeah, I've got one scratch. No, two scratches. Two scratches. Two
0: scratches. Okay, you go first
1: then. Uh, the first scratch I'm going to scratch is going to be the Canucks three-on-three lines, as they're clearly not doing the job <laughs> properly. And uh, maybe... <laughs> Are taking three on three a little bit to the extreme. That was so <laughs> oh, Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I still don't quite. like they, it, it must have been that St. Louis just caught them, like everybody,
0: not necessarily flat footed, but you can't turn around. You're going forward too much. So, did you not see what happened then just before that happened? Because what happened was two. I don't know who was on the ice, but a Canucks player tried to turn, slid over. And took out another Canucks player. No. Yes. Oh, yes. So if you see, if you find if you can find the longer gif, that's what happened. And obviously, then the one guy was like, "Well, fuck this, I'm not skating back." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. That.
1: Isn't that just beautiful?
0: It was so weird. It's it's such a it's such a it's such, it's like finding Bigfoot. It's such a rare sight. That that's like, no way.
1: I'd, I I say that's what three on three is designed for. You know. Yeah, totally. that's like the ultimate three on three moment that we've been waiting for all these years.
0: <laughs> uh, my only scratch is the University of Alberta and its students this week. To be fair, not the university itself, but the students. As uh, Canadian wrestler Lance Storm, who I once had a very nice conversation with, oh, posted a letter on posted a letter on Twitter that there are reports of problems around campus with blockages of drains. So, the campus obviously sent down Dynarod or whoever the Canadian equivalent is to look what the issue was. They found it was coming from the male shower area, Will, if you can see where I'm going with this. And it turns out that massive amounts of semen had mixed with hair, oh. clogging up the drains. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say five words to you, Will, and this is what nearly made me gag. Can you imagine the smell? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I'm okay. gagging. Yeah. Horrific. That's, uh, yeah, that's That's... That's, that's horrific. <laughs> just burn it to the ground, folks. I'm sorry, just build a new one. Build a new one like two miles away and you know because the stench of that is oh my god, awful.
1: An an academic institution, the future of of our you know uh of the planet. In, really. Yeah, of of intelligent society and they're wanking so much they break the planet. <laughs> for fuck's <laughs> sakes. <laughs>
0: Oh, fantastic. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, My last scratch (coughs) is going to be the brand Versace, Dan, as we discussed all of half an hour ago. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is a very old news story that has only just come (laughs) to my attention as Dan and I were slagging off the Canucks' current third jersey. If anyone's not heard about this, (laughs) it's from from 2017. Uh, Versace, the popular Italian fashion brand Released a black sweater or jumper with a relatively familiar logo to some to some hockey fans on it If you want to have a a Google of it to get get your eyes on it yourself They've basically ripped off the Canucks skate logo for their black red and yellow jerseys Where it's angled a bit harder and instead of Canucks it says Versace unsurprisingly That's about it as far as the difference goes also, the fact that it's retailing for one and a half grand rather than $200.
0: $1,500, Jesus.
1: It's so... If it's not a rip-off, it's the weirdest coincidence I've ever seen in my life. And quite frankly, it is blatantly a rip-off.
0: Like, it's, <laughs> it's just mental. Cool. Wasn't Versace the one who got shot? Wasn't it Versace who got shot at his front door? By, like, an ex-lover or something? Wasn't that him? Yeah, sure. You don't know, do you? No. No, unsurprisingly, no. I thought it wasn't wasn't Versace. Who's who's Donatella Versace then? That's his daughter. Yeah, that's his daughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on the steps of his Miami beach house. Oh he shit! Was shot, he was shot dead. What on By, his, ma- uh, on by the mafia. Door. No, it was an ex an ex lover. Who was in the mafia? Uh, no. Yeah, Andrew Andrew Cunanan was his name. The guy who killed. Him. They did a show about it. I was it was on um like an HBO kind of show, like a oh, it was, like a it was dramatization it was of it. This is for Gay. Every day's a school day for you, isn't it? God, I don't
1: don't say it like that. I don't say for me. The traditional saying is every day's a school day. You know, in everybody. damn to that, be fair,
0: I've just realised you were all... probably. How old were you when he died? Two. Three. I d- when did he di- <laughs> When did he die? What year did he die? <laughs> Ninety-seven. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I was uh, I was five, Dan. So forgive me for not being up on current events in the fashion world when I was five, wearing elasticated Umbro tracky bottoms every day.
0: Well, maybe if you had win, Will, you wouldn't look so stupid now, would you? Think about that.
1: I, I wouldn't look so stupid back then
0: as but... well. If I take a fair point, <laughs> wearing your cap of tracky pants.
1: Do, do, well, just before we just before we move on to the main portion of the show, I do want to fit in something that didn't uh you know it's not a start or a scratch it's more a message to pass on from a fan dan oh okay friend of the show joe friend of the show shout out to joe shout out to joe shout out to joe he said uh we were having a little chat and he said ps let dan know i completely agree with him Allah la Sidney crosby
0: oh there you go and I've he's, ho- he's yes. hoping
1: for a five to ten minute segment where uh, where he can in, in the future where he can offload his uh, his opinions such as wow dan you are so insightful
0: i mean if you want to do that well I, I think i'd be okay I, with that I, I, you I, know I, if he's going to pump my tires i can't you know i don't really want to upset the fans we do this for the fans really don't we well you know i don't want to upset them
1: uh, we do and, and and all due respect to joe um no this isn't a, this isn't a <laughs> fucking quick fit we're not here to pump tires <laughs> this
0: is a quick when he said that, he hadn't just he hadn't just taken a puck to the helmet, addy or something like.
1: I mean, he might well have. He might well have. You've you've seen him. He looks like he has, doesn't he? No. Fair, fair. absolute star of that wedding, that boy.
0: It Best was a star. Surely you know was, yeah. I can't, you know, I can't insult our super fans. Well, it's not good. It's not good for brandy. It's not good. For Su- bus- it's not good for business, is it? Superfans. super fans. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's get on with this. Uh, before we get to our guest and the news, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube and available in all good record shops. If you kindly give us five stars on iTunes, that's really I'm good for us. <laughs> you give us five stars on iTunes, that helps us a lot, so please go and do that. Thank you very much. Okay, this week's guest is somebody you should all know very well and I'm sure you all follow on Twitter. It's at NHL History Girl or Jen, as we can now call her, because we're friends. She doesn't just enjoy history; she is history, and this was a legitimately fascinating chat. I, I, here's the thing: like, I'm not sure if she thought we were just being silly or something, but I, I couldn't. I, I was, I was genuinely fascinated, intrigued by everything she was telling us.
1: The, the thing with this quote-unquote interview, Dan, is like, I was really worried leading up to this. Like, oh, Jen really knows her stuff. I've got to do some prep. I've got to find some things to ask her, and then we start recording. And it was just story time with Jen. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. was oh, fabulous. She absolutely went off. Even with, you know, this is teasing for next episode. And right at the end of the interview, where she just mentions Tony Hand, very off cuff. And it's like, well, for God's sakes, Jen, now you have to come back next week. I <laughs> yeah. know, it was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, She's re- an
0: absolute font of knowledge. An absolute font of knowledge. And super interesting. She talks about the race issues in Quebec, uh, the Richard Riot that she's not going to tell the nhl party line you know she knows the truth and she'll put out the truth not what the nhl want you to believe is the truth but yeah it was absolutely amazing so uh, yeah here she is jen hello jen, Hi. jen, hello how you doing
2: i have a little bit of a head cold so i'm sorry if i sound a little rough at times
1: oh crikey don't apologize for that sorry for dragging you out of i assume the sofa with a nice blanket and a bit of netflix
2: Actually, I am watching a classic movie channel and um, Cary Grant is on, so I'm I'm good.
0: <laughs> a fantastic choice,
1: yeah. You, you found had a nice little bit of reprieve, like, right, I'll get away from the telly for a minute before, I don't yeah. know, Gone with the Wind comes on or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think if I was feeling ill, Cary Grant would cheer me up as well, actually.
2: <laughs> His movies always have the best dialogue.
0: It's so true, it's so true.
2: Hey, Scott. I'm just about to uh, record with these lovely British guys. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know. Okay. Kay.
1: That's very, very premature to use the L word to describe us, Jen. <laughs> yeah, two we, I think we're barely two minutes into a Skype conversation. That is putting a lot of investment into this conversation already. <laughs>
2: There's two guys in Chicago that I've, I've done their podcast before, and I've gone on to talk about, like, you know, hockey movies or whatever. And I've gotten to the point now where I just refer to them as my two best a-holes.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a title to have someone's the best <laughs> arsehole, <laughs> which sounds a lot worse when I say it with my accent. <laughs> <laughs> to derail this conversation before we even begin, sorry, Dad, I'm, ju- I'm just going to. No, that's right with you. Yeah, of course, of course. However you pronounce it, do you hear me swear words? Yeah. The fact that you differentiate between those and traditional French swear words would indicate that you have an idea of the differences. Do you could you give us a, a crash course in,
2: oh, in, uh, in the differences? So history well, first you have to have a little history lesson, and I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. How um,
1: how dare I was not expecting any history in this conversation whatsoever, <laughs> Jen? You are disappointing me already.
2: Yeah, you're like, oh god, she knows. All of this? Really? Does she have a life? The answer is no. Um,
1: <laughs> it is Wikipedia with a Twitter account, and that's what we love you for.
2: Oh, thanks. Quebec traditionally is an intensely Catholic province from the beginning. Intensely Catholic. And they've gotten away from that, but the way to rebel in in Quebec for the longest time was to rebel against the church mm-hmm. because they were the authority, the daily authority. They were, you know they were part of the government it was it was just the authority so in quebec to swear is to use church related words or religion uh, religious item words so you can say calice which is a chalice like the the one they use for communion okay. that, that's what and a very very common thing to say in quebec is uh, calice, which means i don't give a shit
1: so um, so Literally translated, would that be uh, I don't respect the chalice or something like that?
2: Yeah, like like I don't I don't care about the chalice, I don't have the chalice, <sighs> Jeme Kelly's, yeah. And if you watch the movie Bon Cop Bad Cop, which has a hockey theme to it, and I love the movie. It's it's one probably my favorite hockey related movie, but there's a, a certain scene and you can look it up Bon Cop Bad Cop um swearing, and it's a quick little lesson on how to swear in quebec law and how you can use thing uh the word calice in like five six different ways as as a verb as a noun as a proper noun as a
1: <laughs> They're the ultimate utility swear word
2: yeah yeah that's that's what calice is in in um in, in quebec and then there you can say Tabernacle, which just means ah shit or ah fuck, you know, like it's mm. just that, that thing. So, like, you stub your toe and you you go ah tabernacle, you, you know, you know, it's just that thing you say to express frustration and and anger, Yeah. You know? So in the way same we way, would say oh shit, you know.
1: Yeah, you use it for any any situation. However, you want to, it just pops into your mind automatically. Of ah, oh, this is the appropriate thing to say in a negative situation.
2: Yep, yeah, exactly.
1: I, I love how. Quebecois swear words are, are rooted in religious items, not just like taking God's name in vain or anything like that, but specifically the items of the church and the sort of almost um, disrespecting the institution itself more than the religion, if that makes any sense. I think that's so almost yeah, a great way of swearing.
2: Yeah, no, that's it exactly. They're they're pushing back against the institution of the religion, not necessarily the beliefs, the religion itself.
1: Which is... Um... A, a big thing to say about religion at large, which I think would probably take another entire podcast to discuss that.
2: Yes, it would. There's there's so much. Quebecois history is it's rather intense in some ways, mm. the way religion and politics really just control life. And then you get into the later years and then you get the separatist movements and you get the terrorists. And then, I believe it or not, there were Quebecois uh, terrorists. They were separatists and they were terrorists, but anyway. And then um, there's there's a period, and it it's better now, but it's still not gone. But there was a, a period where the Canadians' hockey team was also intensely political, especially with the Rocket um, being part of the team. Uh, oh really? Yes, um, because you had English-speaking. Canada and you had French speaking Canada and there was a lot of discrimination in, in Quebec uh, of the French uh, speaking population by the English speaking population who were generally considered to be like more, more like the landlord class, the, like the upper crust sort of class. Um, Once, once the English came in, there was, there was very distinct differences between the two and Quite typically, you had English-speaking run companies controlling things, and English-speaking just sort of coming in and and running over and and um, taking over and discriminating. And so, I actually talked to the Rocket's little brother once, and I said, you know, there are a lot of these slurs. They would call you a frog. They would call you a, a Pepsi, and and that's that's another cultural thing, cultural socioeconomic economic thing. And he said, you know, you just, you you learn to just not, you, it can't affect you. You just can't let it affect you. And then there was with the Richard riot. That was a very political thing as well, because mm. Clarence Campbell was this sort of English speaking autocrat. And he, he was seen as discriminating against the Canadians, against the, the French speaking players. Um, and, and, it was true to a point that he he was, but that's that's a large part of what the Richard riot was uh, was about was not only pushing back against what they saw as unfair treatment of their their star player, um, the Rocket, but it was also a pushback against the sort of resentment that they had uh, against the English speaking companies that were running things and you know Clarence Campbell and and just this this sort of Perception that they were constantly being held down, and, and so you know, there's a lot of very political aspects to it. I, I tweeted about the other day that I think it was Thursday that a lawyer had filed a complaint against Saku Koivu because he wasn't quote serving the uh, French-speaking population of of uh, Quebec because they do have a commission there, and uh, that makes sure that you know French. French speaking now has a priority, the French language now has a priority over English in signage mm-hmm. and not. So his argument was that because Saka Koibu spoke English but not French, this meant that he was not fit to be. I don't know quite what he was trying to say, but he was trying to argue that that because he didn't speak French, he shouldn't be the face of the Habs franchise or he shouldn't be, you know, it was, it, it's just, it sort of reached these really ridiculous um, proportions. In the 2000s,
1: with, with Saku Koivu arguably being the most respected, you know, Habs captain of the modern era, really, isn't he?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Everybody loves him. I've never, ever, ever heard a single bad word about him—not one—and he's almost universally beloved. I am, um, and so to argue that he's not serving the the French population simply because he doesn't speak French, y- you can see where these politics have sort of ended like like glommed on at the end Uh, and that was that's been the big one uh with the with the habs constantly for the longest time you would hear well this captain doesn't speak french and and this coach doesn't doesn't want to learn french and you know we the french reporters are not being served we the french speaking population are not being served properly you know i mean it's just this is sort of where it ended up as these very particular language wars, I guess.
1: And it's a lot of people like to outside of Quebec like to harp on and 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 almost mock the Canadians for for wanting, yeah, like you say, a French-speaking coach and yeah, all your star players have to speak French and serve the French media sort of thing. But but really it's it's in some ways a last bastion against years and years of oppression from from the English speaking population coming in.
2: It absolutely is. And you know, it's it's gotten better, but within the city itself, it's um it's very tense, and I can understand why players don't particularly want to go to Montreal because they're in a fishbowl, um, a very small fishbowl, a very bright fishbowl. There's intense pressure from the fans and the reporters. There's the tension with whether or not you should learn French or whether or not you're expected to learn French. It's it's this constant go round that they have to deal with.
1: Do you think, um, from a hockey standpoint at least, if there was another, if there was another franchise still still alive in Quebec, be it, I mean, the Wanderers are the one who sprung to mind that quite a few years ago now. But you know, to to have more of a a franchise representing the French speaking population, and a franchise representing the English speaking population, population, do you think that would change the dynamic? Of hockey in the province? No. No, I I didn't think so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the only other city in in Quebec that could really hold a franchise would be Quebec City, which is even more... Quebec City is a much higher French-speaking population. Mm -hmm. And the players who used to play there would actually talk about how they came into Quebec City, and it's this lovely place, but they're very isolated because everything is french first because they didn't speak french it was a very difficult experience for them and i think that might change a little bit now people might be a little bit more open and accepting and perhaps more prepared because i know um there are many players now that have gone to schools that were teaching them french from a young age so they're they're better prepared if they were to play in montreal or quebec city but I think it would just end up sort of being a battle of Quebec again, if if that makes sense. Because you have two teams in the province and, and um, you know, it, it can get very, you know, this is our team. No, this is our team. You know, I, I, I don't see it being easing any tensions necessarily between French and English speaking, but there would be definite rivalry there, which would be good for business.
1: Well, in theory, if, uh, even if uh, Mr. Bettman doesn't seem to think so.
2: <laughs> He's very determinedly anti-Quebec City. I, I don't know why. So I'm more interesting than this,
1: I swear. Oh, don't let's let's not pat each other on the back too much, but that is thoroughly interesting, Jen. Don't don't you worry about that.
2: There are several books that cover... Uh, two of them are in French, unfortunately, so if you don't speak French, I God. don't think you'll be able to access them but there are some uh scholarly works on hockey in quebec and the english french uh, politics so if anybody wants the list you know you you know where to find me on twitter and i can get it to you i'll I'll get my uh get
1: my google translate out and try and thumb my way (laughs) through one of them
0: So going back, Jen, then you obviously have a, a very varied and extensive knowledge of pocky history. Where did that love of pocky history or even history come from? Did you study at a college?
2: Uh, well, I was a graduate student in the English department and I liked teaching, but it turns out I'm not a huge theory of being told how to interpret books, like how to think about books. So if I am reading a book, I don't want to be told, oh, this is obviously an allegory for colonialism. Like, you know, yes, yes, sometimes it is and that's fine. But I, I just didn't like, I guess I didn't like being told how to think in, in that manner. I, it just made me really uncomfortable and I was miserable. And I started writing about old hockey stories for fun just because I found it fascinating. Like the thing that sucked me in first were the um, the old newsreels and the old photographs of these ridiculously thin pads that they would wear and the sweaters that are like half unraveled. And I'm pretty certain there are cigarette burns on a couple of them, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just, just the, um, the, the photographs really, uh, sort of struck me first. And then I started researching just out of sheer curiosity, because that's the sort of person I am. I was five years old and I asked for a set of encyclopedias so I could read them. I mean, yeah, that's the kind of person I am, and so I started writing way back when Bleacher Report was actually a fan blogging site and not this weird slideshow site that it is now.
1: Not, not just Buzzfeed for sports.
2: Yeah, basically. And so back then it it was all like community done. You could log in and write a story, and it was just this very supportive uh, blogging community and. People said, this is great. You should write more. And I said, oh, well, okay, sure. So it's what I did for stress relief, which tells you, again, what kind of nerd I am. Then I switched over to the history department. Uh, and I was actually working on a thesis about the 1972 Summit Series between the Canadian NHL players and the Soviet professional. They claim they weren't professional, but they were professional. Um, <laughs> They
1: were, yeah. they were soldiers, Jen. You can't be professional if you're in the army. <laughs> that's not that's very Sorry? unfair to the to the Red <laughs> Army.
2: But they were. Uh, that was my thesis, and it, well, it had to deal more with um, the ideas of of history and uh, not history, uh, politics and patriotism surrounding the series. And it just sort of took off from there. A friend of mine who runs a website, Greatest Hockey. It's Greatest Hockey Something. Anyway, uh, his name is Joe uh, Peltier, and he just wrote a book about the Canucks. I I was uh, pointing out an error that he had made in one of his player profiles. And we got to talking, and and um, he read some of my stuff. And he's like, you're good at this. You should keep doing this. So again, <laughs> I got on Twitter, and, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I slowly figured it out, and here I am today
1: it's it's funny how d- doing something almost out of almost out of boredom or for stress relief what you say and then somebody saying oh you're actually quite good at this can just spur you on into an entire new chapter of life that you know it almost defines your own, online persona sort of thing
2: oh yeah it absolutely does um it's kind of wild because I will go to the the draft and I will just be walking down the street to the arena and all of a sudden people will peel out of a crowd and be like, hey, History Girl, I love your work. <laughs> okay. Hi. Thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can't move around there for people jumping out of crowds and shouting, we love your work. It's uh, happening all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird when I'm queuing at Tesco and someone just shouts at me, I love an HL History Girl Jen's work. It's just yeah. very odd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, think... I never get used to it never i just i'm always shocked that people love what i do that much that they they search me out to to say so well there's
1: there's a, a this is definitely going to devolve into just a compliment set fest but
2: <laughs> there are there
1: are so few people out there accurately and interestingly chron- like, you know, chronicling or or exposing if you will the the history of this league which is undoubtedly a very interesting league throughout you know from from start to present day it's it's been just as crazy as it is nowadays but adding you know some some old time smoking an airplane sort of magic to it as well so it's of course people are going to be interested jen and especially when you portray it in such a you know when you pass it over in such an interesting way yes <laughs> you shouldn't be surprised at all
2: uh, the thing I pride myself on is that I am not going to tow the NHL party line mm-hmm. um, when it comes to history. So, I loathe using the term original six. I'll call them the surviving six. Oh. But I hate calling them the original six because they aren't they aren't original. Uh, it's It's a false term. It's a marketing term, and it has messed up the the perception of the league's history to the point where people have no idea that there were actually two Ottawa Senators franchises or that St. Louis had a franchise before uh, the Blues.
1: We, we need to respect the St. Louis Eagles. We really do.
2: <laughs> we do because they're, they're a part of the, the league. They're part of the league's history. And I think it's unfair to sort of black out these sections of history that aren't useful to your marketing plan.
0: I feel as well that you see this all the time is that we've spoken before that the NHL is the almost the 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 giant corporation behind ice hockey nobody thinks about any of the other leagues around the world or even other leagues like the AHL or anything else like college leagues anything like that everyone just knows the NHL and that's it and they do attempt to rewrite history with that do you feel that with your desire to to not toe the company line we could almost call you hockey's Indiana Jones would would that be a fair
2: <laughs> um,
0: would that be a fair comparison maybe? There
2: are a couple other people who probably deserve that a little more than I do. Um, but I just go around unearthing the stories that I find interesting and passing them along, warts and all. I don't really edit the stories when I tell them. I, I don't, you know, change them to make, you know, Brett Hull look better. Or, or something. Whoever, I, that was just the first name that came to mind. Um, I can think of another
1: Hull that might be a, an even better <laughs> representation of <What's> Hull <laughs> NHL history.
2: I have discovered that when I do tell stories about Bobby Hull, people do react strongly, and and some unpleasantly, and and so I've I've sort of curtailed any any Bobby Hull stories, just for the simple fact that I could tell the story. And it is interesting, but also there's an amount of abuse that I will get in return, and sometimes that's just not worth it to me.
1: It's uh, it's the joy of living in the second coming of the Nazis. You can't <laughs> then talk about a Nazi without having having aggression coming from all corners of the internet. So I can't, I can't blame you for that one there, Jen.
2: Well, and that's, you know, I feel that that's sort of a, an ethical tightrope that I'm walking sometimes is because... There's a story I want to tell, but the player involved in the story is someone people react to very negatively. And so sometimes, honestly, it's better for me and my health not to tell that story. Is it a story that needs to be told? Probably not. But also, I don't want to simply erase players from history just because they weren't great people. They still existed. They still did these things. We need to acknowledge you know, these things that they did. But at the same time we can acknowledge yes that they were a terrible person but you know again do we need to acknowledge both at the same time all the time? I don't know the answer to that.
0: I think it's the same like Michael Jackson or somebody like that who has another side and you have to then separate the work from the person.
2: Right, and sometimes it's a very difficult thing to do.
0: Yeah. So
1: on that subject especially of you know, you say about players who weren't who were great players but not necessarily great people. It's it's something we still see reflected in today's game. How do you think, and how how do you personally, as a fan, to react to to situations like the Austin Matthews situations? People like Patrick Kane in the league, out Obviously, Slava Voinov is a is a horrendous and very extreme example of it. But how are you happy with how hockey fans at large react to like the Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews situations?
2: Um, I'm very pleased by the, the vocal segment, who are saying this isn't right and this isn't okay, and we don't want to accept this. Um, so I'm I'm very proud to see that because even ten years ago, I don't you think you would have seen that nearly as strongly or as vocally as you as you have in the recent years. That's- so I'm I'm really happy to see that ship sort of turning around because for the longest time. The NHL was just, you know, it's just boys being boys. And that was the line. Oh, it's just, you know, they had a little too much to drink. There's no big deal, you know. And and so as a female fan, to me, that's huge. There are a couple of players that are supporting their sisters who are pursuing their own hockey careers. And not only are they supporting them vocally, they're supporting them financially so that they can afford to pursue playing in the... um, NWHL or the CWHL as it was so you know that's really exciting to see too because we are now at this crossroad where these players are actively supporting women's hockey and you wouldn't have seen that as much in the past so I'm really thrilled to see that as well. I, um, I'm very frustrated with the uh, with the Nashville Predators because they, they do things, uh, they do events that are you know domestic violence awareness, which is great, but then they've signed two players who have domestic violence issues. You know, I and and, and, and failed so to I'm...
1: properly uh, reprimand players on their own roster, let alone it being a historical thing. You know, when it happens in front of their face, they fail to to correctly address that, which is d- they, very they disappointing.
2: Just, they they don't just des- they either don't address it at, at all, or they put out a statement that is so I don't even know how to describe it, but so blandly I, I, I don't even I really just don't have the words for it. But they they put out these statements that just make me angry because it's so like blasé PR, just nothing to see here, folks. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm very disappointed in um uh, in Nashville. And, you know, now I'm very disappointed in in the leafs. I mean, yeah. yeah, he might be your star player, but he's still screwed up and you can and should do something about it.
0: That's my always my issue is, is I've said this before, it's teammates who don't just say, I'm annoyed with him. I get it, he's my teammate and I'm sure we'll move past this, but right now he needs to prove to me that he's better than this. And they never say that. They just say, oh, well, you know, we're going to get him support and we know he's made a mistake, but he'll bounce back. I was like, why is he bouncing back? I don't understand. Why are you supporting him? Yeah, that drives me insane.
2: I think the next step, and this is going to be huge when and if it does happen, but hockey is an intensely, uh, it's almost brainwashing you when you play that the team is more important, that supporting your teammates is more important, that there's no I, there's only we, you know, like this whole sort of cult of, of team, I guess I'll call it.
1: Logo on the front, not the name on the back sort of thing
2: yeah exactly and and it's a a very it's a very dangerous mentality because you can see it players who are trying to get back into games with injuries that they have no b- business being in a game with that's that's a big one that's a big part of it but the next step will be players publicly calling out their teammate as you said you know he's my teammate and we're gonna get past this but right now you know he needs to apologize for what he did you know, something just that simple is going to be huge, and it's going to be the next the next breakthrough that, yes, this is a team and there is a we, there's also an I, and what I do affects someone else. And you know, make it more about responsibility to your teammates in, in a personal sense, rather than this cultish we sense. If that well, makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and just to round off the Matthews thing, as far too much airtime has been dedicated to it already, but Dan and I have said before the thing that's, yeah, you know, outside of obviously the, the the situation itself that's really disappointing is that this young player who's a new face of the league, you know, ushering in the new generation of talent, is someone who's perpetrated such a such a heinous act, and it almost quashes any hope you had that we were moving past it as a as a sort of community in hockey that you've got a, a young 21 year old franchise center who's still doing the same old age old bullshit that you know, generations past have done
2: yeah and you know it's not I, I really cringe when, when people say well he's my, my kid's idol you know how do we deal with this well you're a parent you've dealt with other awkward situations with your child you can do it again you know so it's not I mean yes he's an adult and yes he can do what he want but that being said you know, you are a public figure, and you are influencing younger lives. You know, you got to keep that in mind too.
1: We haven't. Uh, me. Yeah, we haven't spoken since that interview, have we?
0: No. God, mate, like that was that was crazy, wasn't it? I Just... genuinely, I genuinely thought, oh my god, we need to get her on for like. A ten-part miniseries or something. <laughs> do
1: like? Like, seriously, all jokes aside, I want to get her on whenever we do and just talk about Tony Hand because I feel like she knows so much about Tony Hand,
0: and like she knows everything. Like she genuinely yeah, she, knows she, everything. She, she does. Ridiculous. Like, that's
1: mental. And I love how straight away it's just off-topic. Like, bam, Quebec race issues. Like,
0: quality, Let's I know. do it. It was. It's. It's honestly everything I want. Do you know what? I'll leave, I'll leave part of this bit in the show, but like when, when we DM people for interviews and things, we do say to them, okay, we'll send you over some topics, but you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I, I genuinely don't care. And I, she did. I, I sometimes give put in. Fuck. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And I'll say that like, if you want to come in and talk about hockey, great. If you want to come in and talk about dinosaurs, great. I don't give a shit. I just want to get hockey people on and just talk to them, like find out what they like, what they do, you know, what makes them tick. And oh, God, like this was perfect. She She's... was absolutely perfect. We've been very lucky so far, really, haven't we? Oh, we really have. We've had some like everyone's well, been amazing. Every single guest has
1: been thoroughly interesting.
0: Yeah, and all in di- all, in different ways. For yeah, a friend really of the lo- show, Paul Campbell getting a shout out on Thirty One Thoughts this week. See, we're no. talking to there's like Paul's an A lister, obviously. Yeah, nothing but A listers. Let's go on to the news. Let's start with let's start with because that was the biggest thing I think this week. Well, so he gets suspended for two games for roughing Cole Sherwood. I think roughing is the polite way to put it. Do you want to start on this one, Will? For all the um, uh, boneheads out there
1: <laughs> yep. who think this is acceptable, fuck off. I've, I, I'm... Gobsmacked, absolutely gobsmacked at the amount of people that are out there defending Milan Lucic. Like I'm re yep. I'm rewatching it again now, like what Go Cole, off King. Go off King. Mate, Cole cold goes goes to the net. He goes to the net. I thought that was what we meant to do. He goes to the net, he follows the puck, he doesn't yeah, you know, he plays to the whistle. And then straight away, Lucic is falling over trying to punch him in the face. And it's like Jesus Fucking Christ, these people out here on Twitter who are saying, Oh, it was only uh you know, it was uh, he had his gloves on, like Sherwood was lucky, I wasn't that bad. Like, you're a fucking idiot, what is wrong with you? If you're if you're pro hockey fights, fair play to you. Whatever, at least there's an element of consent in a hockey fight. We can't be out here promoting people who are trying their hardest having a midlife crisis hanging on to their relevancy in the league because they forgot how to score fucking goals like Milan Lucic out here attacking rookies because they're trying to score goals like and because they they've stripped of the puck five seconds beforehand like it's moronic it's disgusting two games is not enough Milan Lucic needs to fuck off get the hell out of
0: there Okay then. So my points are <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Like I'll get a train ticket and I'll come and beat you up myself. <laughs> no. Do you know what? I 100% agree with you. I absolutely do. I could not. Here's the thing, right? So I missed what happened. I watched Tim and Sid talk about it first, and they, as they were talking, I was only kind of half paying attention. So I, I think I missed the clip where it showed him what he did because I was, I think I was, a, I think was on my lunch or something. I was looking at something else anyway. So I was just listening to it. And then I listened. I listened to uh, there was a, a TSN clip from um, the Overdrive show, and they were saying the same thing as Tim and Sid. "Oh well, we're quite surprised." And oh, I'd have given him like four minutes for you know I'd have given him four minutes or blah blah blah. And I was thinking, "All oh, right, like he couldn't have done, you know, couldn't have been." And they were talking about Colshaw, you know, Colshaw was digging at the puck, at, you know, while while the keeper's got it. And I was thinking, like, God, is he like swinging at the keeper or, <laughs> you know, what's going God, on? Lord, at Rigs eyes. Like, yeah,
1: like. Get off.
0: So so Sherwood has a shot. Rick saves it. It looks like it's not iced. So Sherwood has one jab, one jab at the puck. That's it. And then here comes Lucic and just—I mean, for fuck's sake—they we not learn anything. It was only what fucking five months ago that fucking was it? Logan Couture in uh, the the Vegas game that hit his head on the ice. No, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski. Sorry, he goes down. Hits his like he hits his head on the ice. And there's fucking blood everywhere. Watch Cole showed after he takes this punch that he's not prepared for? I don't want to fucking hear that he should have been prepared for it. You can't be prepared for a punch if the guy doesn't take his gloves off. That's the fucking rule about this fighting, like, in the, in this league, is that you drop your gloves and you say to the guy, drop your fucking gloves. And if Lucic have done it then, great. I don't like it. I wouldn't have liked it. But at least he gives him a fighting chance. Anybody... Can punch anybody with their gloves on and sucker punch them this is that's what riled me more than anything else was the 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 fucking like oh well i mean what'd you expect what are we doing what are we doing this week especially this week especially scott sabrin goes down and people think shit this guy might be dead or paralyzed Brian little's got fucking bleeding on his brain this game does not need people doing sucker punches for some bullshit retaliation I'm not sure people realise this, but the ice is quite hard. And if you're, like, if you're on skates, it's not that easy to kind of keep your balance when somebody like sucker punches you in the face. You might fall over and smack your head on the, on the floor. It's like concrete. I, I don't know if people realise that or not. But with you 100%, this drove me absolutely insane. Insane. And he should have got more than two games. And they, only, and they said they only gave him two games because he's done this before. We're back to this play safety bullshit thing again. Nate Schmidt has a, a stake that's been tainted from some fucking farms where and he gets 20 games. Lucic punches a guy who then hits his head on the ice, a rookie for fuck's sake, and he gets two games.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have 18 Kuznetsovs, you know, coked out of their skulls, skating around there, than 18 Lucic's.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And these, you know, these players who, like, they just feel like their contribution now, because they can't play anymore, is to hurt people.
1: And, and that's, that's what he did. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's the Lucic's of the world. Especially Lucic himself. He you know stapled to Connor McDavid for the last few seasons, and he couldn't produce. And it's such a... It reeks of desperation. It reeks of a player who the game has passed him by, and the only way that he sees himself to be effective is by attacking teenagers and young adults who are just trying to score goals the whole like you said the whole thing of like old oh, cole sherwood should have uh should have protected himself if you watch the run of play for that sherwood takes the shot he follows the shot to the net he tries to get the puck out once one time he digs at R- Riggs club and that's that and then he's coming back around the behind the net and you can see it's whistle's gone end of the shift I haven't, I haven't scored. My shot hasn't been good enough. It's that exhale of, all right, I'm back to the bench. I can, I can relax a bit now. And then, Lucic comes around and just assaults him. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been a scrum. If it had just been a scrum, and then maybe Lucic should try to, you know, jab at him a bit, try and rile him up or get under his skin or whatever it is. That's one thing. But to just outright attack the player with no preparation, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting, and it has outed what is unfortunately a relatively vocal majority of uh, of the game. And it's it's not even it's not even just fans. Like you say, it's you know this is hockey culture at its purest. It's right. You've tried to play the game, so you're going to get punched in the face because you're a twat. What are we even fucking doing here?
0: I was insane. I, it was insane. I was so surprised. I was so surprised by the amount of people who came out and kind of put their support in. I fucking don't get it. I don't get it. The next time you with one, the next time you with one of your mates, just walk up to him and slap him in the face, and see how well he does defending himself. Because that's how that that's what Cole Sherwood had to deal with. He had no idea that Lucic was going to do that because he was just skating towards him. If Lucic had gone over to him, and said like and got in his face and grabbed his collar and said, "You do that again and I'll fucking kill you." Fine, I don't mind that. I don't mind players kind of like trying to menace each other and make a point to this kid. Because I imagine this kid would have shit his pants <laughs> because it's Lu Yeah, that's, that's all he had to do. That's, that's, that's all he had to
1: reasonable do. to an extent, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, but again, it's the rule of sport and sport is crazy, so we have to kind of go, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. It's what happens in the sport. But, like, it's a sucker punch. Nobody said he sucker punched him. The consequences could have been super bad. Super bad. And nobody seemed to notice or care.
1: Fucking weird. It's, it's a sucker punch combined with the fact that he's, like, skating into him and falling over himself just in salivating at the opportunity to punch a twenty two year old.
0: If you if you massively disagree with me and Will, please, 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 please get in touch. I won't like call you out on the show. I won't name any names. Slide into the DMs. I'm sure our emails on the account somewhere or something, but our DMs on for this show at Two Tom Park are open. You can, you know, talk to us whenever you want on there. If you disagree with us, get in touch. Tell me, tell me why. Tell me why we're wrong. Because I would love to know. Because because we're in the minority here. We we're in the minority, and I do not understand at all why. DM us <laughs> or, or whatever you want to. If you
1: want to have a proper discussion about it, and if you've got a sound argument as to why you think that's okay to do on a sporting field,
0: but yeah, yeah, this isn't to get into an argument either Is or it? a shouting match. I just want to know why you think it's okay. I'm not going to shut you down or anything. Just I just want oh. to hear the opinion of why. Anything else on that? Uh... No, no. My my doctor said I've got
1: to stop talking about me that <laughs> If fair I enough, if I want to see my my
0: daughter go to university, then I need to stop thinking about me that There was a, an interesting as we get into the new age of players talking and not being afraid to talk to the media about certain things. Taylor Hall had some interesting comments this week, as the uh, when the Devils lost seven six to Tampa in overtime, and he said it. We're, bat- we're battling our own fans at this point, we're one for three on a power play and we're getting booed. It's a tie game and we're getting booed. That's a tough environment to play in sometimes, especially when you're at home. I know when we're playing somewhere and their fans start booing, it's a fun environment for the away team to play in. I understand the fans' frustration. After the game, if you boo because we lost, that's fine. But when you're one for three on the power play and they're booing, it's tough. If you're playing at home, you want to feed off the energy of the crowd and not let that affect you. But sometimes it does. Will, how much do you think being booed by your own fans affects a player's mentality?
1: It's it's funny how like player to player, you, you get the whole oh I don't really hear the crowd during the, during the game. Please stop booing me, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm asking you nicely. Please stop booing me. <laughs> I mean, so 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 the Devils fans were booing because the cause Devils were shit on the power play.
0: Well, they were one for three. That they were one for three. That night, it wasn't like you know, that's that's fine, that's all right, that's
1: better than their percentage this year, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was, maybe it was like a really, really early in the season, like tanking Boo. I was like, no, (laughs) stop, stop scoring goals. They're (laughs) saying Boo (laughs) earns, Boo (laughs) boo all. (laughs) I was saying Boo (laughs) earns. poor Taylor Hall I mean if you want if you want your star player who's on, um, you know facing down the barrel of free agency to stay my advice would be to not boo him that's that's yes. just you know I'm no I'm no expert on on like you know sports psychology I'm not a GM or anything like that I'm not a, I'm not an agent but if I was if I was Taylor Hall and I'm like eh, do I want to stay in New Jersey do I want to See what my options are elsewhere, and then suddenly the fans in New Jersey start booing me. Probably makes your decision a bit easier,
0: doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it makes your decision a lot easier, a lot easier. <laughs> At least a little bit easier. Because as as we discussed, you're now playing on a bad team as well, whereas preseason expect. Because here's the thing: are they being booed because the Devils are victims of preseason expectation? Uh. Well, that, like, that
1: that's that's the thing as well. Like the Devils fans have got to understand that maybe they're they're still not really that good a team. Well, clearly, yeah, clearly they're not. It's it's a weird one with booing though, isn't it?
0: They're four, five, and four. That's not too bad, really, is it? Well, did you know? Well, that last season the St. Louis plus. Oh no, I can't. I can't do it again. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so so, it's like so in the- Christmas yeah What are we even doing? <laughs> exactly. That's why it's to January first before we
1: decide who's going to win the cup or not. Because the booing isn't look, let's 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 be honest, it's not Pavel Zaka's problem that he's shit, is it? It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not Travis Sajak's fault that he's shit, is it? Like it's is it's the fact that, you know, Ray Shiro has, has built a shit team and his players are shit. You need to boo you need to wait around Ray Shiro's car in the car park. And then boo him and then go, I don't know, go all children and men on him and start, like, flipping his car (laughs) and shit.
0: I love the idea that he's walking back to his car like an angry mob and he's like, oh, shit. And he just starts booing. That's (laughs) all he does. Nothing else. He just,
1: boo. Fuck you, Ray. The reasonable thing for the Devil's Fans to do would would be to slash his tyres and then, like, beat the crap out of them, basically.
0: Yeah, not that's, boo, not that's boo what a Taylor normal Hall. fan would
1: do. Yeah. yeah, that's what a normal fan would do. Stop being so nasty to Taylor Hall and threaten Ray Shiro's life. For God's <laughs> sake.
0: It is bizarre. It is bizarre that this guy who dragged you into the playoffs on his own, you're just like, you're booing this team while he's on the ice. And he's just going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll see you later. A guy who's already declared how much he appreciated what John Tavares did in free agency. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> so so
1: maybe that's why they're booing him maybe, they're just like,
0: oh, maybe they just know fucking it's funny. a preemptive, but it's a pre-crime I mean, it's pre-crime uh, that's what they're doing it hell uh,
1: alright alright where's Taylor Hall playing this hockey next year dad no oh, we did this the other week so, alright t- today is it New Jersey or is it not no there's no way is it?
0: exactly no way. so
1: boo him now why not boo him now <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, fuck fuck him. turn the corner, boo him. Fuck him. He's leaving. Him. Boo him. Absolutely fuck that fuck guy. Him. It's like it's like all those Islanders fans thinking, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd spent that entire nine years of Tavares just booing him." And the Devils like, "Hold on, I've
0: seen this film before. Let's let's boo him now while we can."
2: Do
0: you know what? Yeah, you're completely right. Well done, Devils fans. You've made a, that's very clever. You've seen, you saw what happened across the street there, and you're like, "Hang on a minute." I know what happens after this (laughs) fuck you you snake you traitor how
1: dare you to start throwing at the moment I have to start throwing pyjamas for all 30 other teams in the league at him and sort of whittle it down as the season goes on and it makes a bit more sense of uh, of where he's gonna go
0: yeah I've turned the corner fuck Taylor Hall what a traitor what a fucking prick boo him Sla- Slash is poor Ray Shiro. Poor Ray Shiro. What? Like, what's he supposed to do? He can't even trust his own players. What? <laughs> what a, a hard-up guy. He's gonna walk to his car. There's gonna be a mob there, and they're all gonna shake his hand and say, "We support you, Ray. You're very unlucky." <laughs> and then they're gonna fix his car. They're gonna carry
1: him oh. home, like a um,
0: <laughs> like in Dead Poets Society. <laughs> what's uh? What's uh... I was thinking, yeah, you know the old thing where you get like a chair on sticks. Yeah, like it, like in Cleopatra, back in the day, way yeah, back yeah, in yeah. the day. Yeah, like that, but with his car. Fucking shout out to Cleopatra. There's a reference. Jesus. Big up,
1: big up, Cleopatra. I think yeah,
0: legit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we've turned the corner now. Yeah, they're right. He's leaving anyway, ain't he? Yeah, we said.
1: Yeah. Fuck off. I think he's gonna go
0: to Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was it. Just throw avalanche
1: pajamas at him. Checking they have avalanche pajamas.
0: Probably. They look a lot of weed there now. Maybe they could throw vape pens on the ice or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said wheat. Like, so what? Uh, no,
1: what? What are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, just throwing grams at him. <laughs> Dan's poorly, just so everybody knows.
0: I'm gonna cut all these. Co- I'm gonna cut all this coughing out, anyway. you cut- <laughs> I've just randomly spouted. Oh, Dan's very ill. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I've-, I've noticed. So something else I wanted to talk about this week: Darcy Kemper in Arizona. I can't remember. I can't remember. Where I read it, but obviously he signed a four and a half million dollar contract in the summer, which kicks in next season over two years. And I remember at the time there wasn't kind of any uproar about it, and there was the, it, kind of general consent. Well, sorry,
1: four and a half million dollars. Yes.
0: Jesus which Christ! Ki- it kicks in next season. So, and then it's and then it's two years.
1: That's still mental.
0: Well, 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 well if you allow me to uh, elaborate here for just a second. So it was announced and it was on Twitter and I thought, well, I I thought the same. Like, wow, that seems fucking quite a lot. Go on Twitter, check the comments. Everyone seems to agree, oh, that's not a bad deal. You know, his kind of numbers are backing up. It's kind of about right. And I thought, Darcy Kemper, like, really? Uh, Very much so. He is a very good goalie. Well, this season alone, he's first in safe percentage, goals against. Goal saved above average and adjusted goals allowed. Uh, in his career, nine seventeen save percentage, and two point four five goals against. And he's not. He's exactly played on some very good teams.
1: No, no, and he's this year he's saved forty seven of fifty four high danger chances, which I think is where uh, where goalies make their money. Really, you know, if you're saving the, the goals that you shouldn't save, that's sort of the um, the indicator of a good goalie.
0: Uh, another stat I found, this isn't this this was the one that kind of was like that really blew me away. With a minimum of four thousand minutes time on ice over the last two and a half seasons, Darcy Kemper has the second best goals against Average in the entire league.
1: That's crazy. Isn't
0: that insane? Do you know who's first? Pop quiz. Who's first? I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you five guesses. So who's got the best goals against Average over the past two and a half years? But they have to play to have a minimum of four thousand minutes. Two and a half seasons, yes.
1: It's not we're not halfway through a season, it's fucking November.
0: Um Oh we, all right, Fuck's Right, I was gonna say John Gibson, but no. No. Pekka Renee? I'm also I'm also trusting right now that you're not on natural stat trick checking this.
1: I I I I've got a natural stat trick up, but I'm only looking at uh, Darcy Kemper and Andy Ranner.
0: Um, oh, fair enough. Uh, no, not Pecorine. Nine
1: of twelve high-danger saves while on the penalty kill this year. Nay bad from Darcy Kemba. The fact that you're even asking this question indicates that it's probably a keeper I'm not thinking of, so it's not going to be your, your, your Gibsons, your Renees, your Holtby's, your Tikarasks.
0: Hang on, hang on. Are, th- are those two official guesses, Holtby and Rask? No, I'm saying I'm not guessing them. Anton
1: Hudobin. I'm going to guess the sixth one and if my sixth one's right, I'm taking it. So, <laughs>
0: it'll go... Okay, I'll go to the judges.
1: <laughs> Shit. Uh, goalies. National Hockey League goalies. Uh, Jordan Pickford. I'm getting two in my own head.
0: Yaroslav Halak. No. 4,000 minutes time on ice over the past two seasons and this bit.
1: 4,000 minutes means d- d- fucking dick all to me. Like that, that, that... They've played a lot. All right.
0: how, how many games? is it's four, not some five? guy who's played like. It's not some guy who's played like five games.
1: Four thousand minutes, right? I've got. A, I should have done this maths beforehand. Sixty. Oh, over sixty-six games over two and a half seasons. Okay, all right, all right, all right. This is the the guess that has to count. Good goalie. That's not good enough to be good, but it's still kind of good. Um, it's not Bobrovsky, is it? All right, so here's one my more. here's my sixth guess. Sixth guess. All right, is it? Would you call this goalie a starter or a backup?
0: No clues. You've enough, you gu- get enough guesses. Well, you've you've you took away one of my
1: guesses. This is this is extra
0: time. I'll I'll last yeah, whatever. Yeah, extra. I'm giving you an extra guess. Oh, out, I'll, yeah, good we'll Grace do- will. Oh, for
1: good grace, I fucking. It's only fucking sixty-four goals in the league. How Hard. It's not really fucking... <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, it's not Martin Jones, is it? <laughs> Whatever, Jack Campbell. It was a, it was Ben Bishop. Well, Ben Bishop. Oh, for fuck's sake! I was so close <laughs> with Hudobin. I was I was yeah. even trying and to that's... think what what teams have played really boring, low scoring hockey. <laughs> last couple of teams <laughs> couldn't see it at the end
0: of my own bloody nose. There you go, there you go. And he's only second to Bishop because Bishop played more minutes. That's it. God, I've said this before. How many goalies are there in the league? 62? Something like that? Uh, well, 60, around, around yeah, about 62. that. You could have given me 75 guesses. And if you <sighs> just said to me, like, with those parameters, I wouldn't have picked Darcy Kemper. I'd have been like, okay, he played, like, he's not played for the past like year or something like somebody injured or something. I would not have picked him. He's a really good goalie and he's playing really well. Yeah, but is he though? And here's the thing, like, like, shout out to Paul Campbell again, but when we were on, like, goalie stats... Like, sometimes they're on bad teams. Like, you can't blame them for some of these, like, for some bad goals, and, like, you know. So, like, look at the teams he's played on. You're not going to say any of them are really, really good defensively.
1: No. No, but, I mean, Minnesota are kind of, not good defensively, but, like, boring.
0: Nine seventeen over his career? I mean, that surprised, that surprised me as well. I would never have thought that.
1: Well, I, I remember early in my days of getting into hockey, like, he was he was an up-and-comer not on the level of like yeah Vasilevsky's or your, your Gibson sort of thing there was always a chance uh, that Darcy Campbell was going to be a good goalie and and, and let's not forget Dan like yeah nine seventeen over his career is good but he's not I remember when Devin Dooming was like one of the best goalies in the league and look at him now
0: and like, you can prove I'm... anything with stats, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah,
1: you can prove anything with facts. Maybe no, you know what I mean? It's so up and down. It's so up and down.
0: You are right. And it's, like I've said a million times, one of those positions that's a bit odd, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely, like, he, it was more... he's doing very well at the moment.
0: This, this kind of little, uh, this Darcy Kemper talk was more to point out that, wow, I was wrong. He's actually, I believe he's actually worth his four and a half million dollars for two years. That's nothing, is it?
1: Were, were you out it's there, like... Commit... Well, it's to, hardly a commitment
0: this is 4.5 million dollars that hasn't
1: even kicked in if he was earning it today then yeah fair play but who's to say what's going to happen next year and the year after he's probably he might he might be playing in the uh, in the in the Austrian
0: in the AHL. Well, yeah. <laughs> he might <play laughs> Jordan Binnington. he might be backing up Jordan Binnington next season <laughs> as you so predict for, for the <laughs> Brampton beast of the ECHL
1: <laughs> just well, you saw Scott, Scott Darling playing in Austria
0: now isn't he Yes, he is. Yes, Just he is. The the pipes are calling for Mister Billington. Will Scott Darling's still gonna Still be on, on Cap Friendly somewhere, won't he? Oh
1: my God, he's got to still be being paid by someone, isn't he? That's
0: what I thought. Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, out. Yeah, he's still being paid. Oh, the Panthers bought him out.
0: Oh did, yes, they did. Like yes, four months did. ago. Right. Yes. Yep.
1: Still getting paid for another three years by the Panthers. Not bad.
0: So one second, I'm just going to click on. Uh... Just I always like to, you know, like you kind of think, oh, he's had to, you know, sometimes you sometimes look at hockey players and you think, oh, that's a shame, he's had to go over here or he's lost his job. They you know, like playing in the NHL. Like I think, yeah, so far he's made twelve million dollars over his career. So uh, I won't be, I won't be saying crying too much over Scott Darling's like. Jesus of NHL fucking time.
1: Christ, has he?
0: Yeah. Oh, who was the goalie who had the tryout with um, the Leafs over the summer? He had a PTO. What? It was uh, like I'm not in the mood. Michael Nyvisk. Michael Nyvisk. Yeah. Hang on.
1: Is <laughs> our weekly? Let's look at how much these shit hockey players have made.
0: That was it, yeah. I remember saying, yeah, I said, I remember saying to Paul Campbell, like over his career, Michael Nyovest made north of sixteen million dollars,
1: and and that's criminal because Michael Nyovest is infinitely better than than Scott Darling, <laughs> <laughs> infinitely better, and he and he was in the league a lot longer than he was. <sighs> yeah, totally, totally, oh, mate. That's so criminal, so criminal, mate. Scott Darling, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> shame to yourself you should you should give that money back <laughs> give that money to Michael Neuver if he needs it
0: Michael is going to go back to church Republic and live
1: like a goddamn king <laughs> that's that's a little bit racist oh, you, you're implying that whatever I'm not having this what's happening right now I'm so confused well I was I was trying to call you racist for saying that for implying that uh, the Czech Republic is a poor nation, but then I've realised that Michael Norberth earned 16 million dollars, so he'd live like a king anywhere.
0: Yes, that was the point. He's going to go back to where he was born it's, and it's live just, like a
1: king. It's just the way that you said, back to the Czech Republic and live like a king, which the phrasing implies that you think the Czech Republic is a
0: poor nation. No, I'm implying that he's rich. <laughs> And he has lots of spare cash.
1: Yes, I've, I've realised this now, but you just maybe need to be a bit more
0: careful with the way that you say things. All right, let's do that again, then. Oh, wow, well. I mean, Michael Noyvath could go back to his place of birth and live like a king, couldn't he? <laughs> uh, how about that?
1: No, it still sounds like he was born in, like, a burlap sack.
0: All right, you say it's, it, then. Now what some... should
1: I say? Michael Noyvath a lot of fucking money, is not he? <laughs>
0: You're such a dick. <laughs> I hate you.
1: <laughs> See, you don't you don't invoke any stereotypes about nations. I think it's just stereotypes
0: about Michael Neuver having a lot of dosh. And what's wrong with that? Dude, he could have been born two streets away from me. I would have said he could go back to England and live like a king. That
1: <laughs> would have been more appropriate.
0: The point is, he lived in another country. He could go back to the country he was born in and live like a king. It doesn't matter. Whether, anywhere. Anywhere in the world would be fine. I don't, I don't. I don't
1: like the amount of times that you're saying that you can go back where he came from Dan that's not really still <laughs> very really globalist of you <laughs> oh god coming over here earning our millions <clears throat> <laughs> coming over
0: here living like kings after earning a fortune <laughs> playing goalie <laughs> oh dear me I'm going to put I'm going to put a video of me crying on Twitter tomorrow that Sarah's taken saying I'm being bullied by Will can I please go to the, uh, the Batman premiere in 2021 uh, <laughs> obviously who's It's it's from the He's going to be back there, isn't he? Yeah, great choice. He's a fucking good actor. He's a really good actor. Have you have you watched the King yet? No, not yet. If I could just go off topic, my topic for fuck's sake. This whole what, podcast has been what, off the rails. What like topic? from the get go? What topic, Dan yeah. unless,
1: unless you're, if you're
0: not talking about me and teach then you're off topic. So yeah, fair point. I'm very, very excited for the new Batman film, as I am a huge, huge fan of the Riddler character. And I'm very, very happy that we finally get a Batman film with the Riddler in it. And Andy Circus is going to play um, Alfred as well, which is good. Like, I don't... <laughs> I never know what... Like, who is Andy Serkis?
1: You know? He's the guy... Okay. No. I, I know I know who okay, he is. Okay, okay. I know I know who he is, but you know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't I don't know what that's gonna look like.
0: Well he's not gonna be playing golem playing Alfred. <laughs> He'll be Andy <laughs> Circus playing Alfred. Is he
1: gonna is he just gonna be Ulysses Claw playing Alfred? <laughs> yeah yeah what no, yeah, a... <laughs> 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 we're gonna fucking do man <laughs> I know but you know what I mean? Like, he's such a... There's no... When Michael Caine was announced as Alfred, you know, you know you're going to get, Eo, Eey, fucking Bruce. Eey, mate. You were only supposed to blow Blade Doors off, weren't you? You knew what you were getting. If it was announced as, like...
0: But that's why it's interesting, ja- though. James
1: Corden as Alfred. you would be like...
0: <laughs> oh, Bruce. Oh.
1: Yeah, I haven't got a good James Corden accent as I'm not predestined to basically become... James Corden as I am Michael Kane. But yeah, you know what I mean, like I, what's
0: what is Andy Serkis going to be as Alfred? I don't know. But that's why that's why I think it's a good casting. I think I mean it's intrigued me to see that how he does. It's making it a good
1: casting though. If you don't if you can't envisage that actor as the role.
0: Did you envision Heath Ledger as the Joker? No, nobody did. Nobody knew what they were going to get. Everyone laughed at it. Everyone said it was a terrible idea and a terrible decision. And that's what we got. But Some what, things fit. I get it. Cost? Michael Caine as Alfred fits. That's a perfect casting. I get it straight away. I know what I'm going to get. Andy Serkis? I don't know what I'm going to get. But I'm intrigued by it. I like him. I think he's a good actor. I'd, like Robin Pattinson playing Batman. I don't quite know what I'm going to get. But I'm intrigued. I think it's a good choice and he's a good actor.
1: St- I still wanted it. to see more of um, Ben Affleck and Jeremy Irons. I... Yeah. No, what happened? i get, I get Ben Affleck was like, now. Nah, fuck us see you later. But what happened to Jeremy Irons? Why did Jeremy Irons get
0: left by the wayside? I think because once you've decided that's it, we're going a different way, everything just gets everything everyone just gets kicked out, don't they? Yeah, I know it's, like, like, it's, it's a bit more it's of a glaring like difference. <laughs> yeah, they're all squatting in that film. And the uh the Rosers have turned up and said, Right, that's it, fuck off. <laughs> like, okay. Go live somewhere
1: else. Okay. So, well, so you were liking in jeremy irons to a, a, a crusty hippie yes yeah i can see it i can see it still a bit a bit disgraceful yeah. that. wait is it where is andy circus from is he english he's english oh fair enough then that's fine then
0: wow okay what
1: do you mean what do you mean wow
0: well i was just gonna say like you know you're you're accusing me of certain things and now you're saying that when you thought he wasn't english he then couldn't play an englishman that's interesting that's what I'm saying, I'm just saying, traditionally, butlers. Specific- oh, tra- oh no, 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 tradition now, okay, yeah. Tra- traditionally. Talk about, talk about tradition, I will. Do you want to mention the war by any chance, or, you know? All I've got to say, Dan, is two world wars and one world, <coughs> world cup. Is that <laughs> such a crime?
1: <laughs> is it a crime to have you know. a bulldog with a union jack on it, tattooed on my, on my stomach, <laughs> while yeah. I prance around Costa D'O song? With a chip, butty. With her demanding a pint of Stella Artois, <laughs> demanding
0: one. Yeah, I must say thank you for letting me look at your honeymoon pictures as well. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Two more very small things you wanted to discuss the uh, the winter classic jerseys. Oh shit! Yeah, I did. See, have, have you seen these jerseys, Dan? Yes, and I'm intrigued now because I know, I just know. Without even knowing what you're gonna say, that we're just gonna we're just gonna disagree violently. I just I can just see it coming a mile off. Like he,
1: we we probably will, but I'm also gonna flip flop on my opinion of these at least one of these jerseys throughout this conversation. I'll start with the easy one. Uh, Predators one, little bit shit, but it's not that shit. Whatever. It's it's bad in the sense that it's boring. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's, there's nothing like particularly hateable about it, but it's just a bit shit. The stars one, I feel like the more I look at it, the more I kind of dislike it.
0: I love it. I think Th- it's
1: great. This is it. Like when I first saw it, I was like, fucking yes, get me one of those. But I keep looking at it. I keep looking at it. And it's a little bit boring. It's a little bit boring. It's a little
0: bit shit. I like it. I like. I like the. I like the retro. I like the retroness of it. So okay, so that's. I'm glad you have brought that word up. I'm really glad you have brought retro
1: up. How do you feel about retro looks for teams that have the oldest of the two has been around since less time than I have?
0: Noted. With, I'm not with a the snapper, team. I'm not whatever. saying the team has to be. I'm not saying the team has to be retro. The design is retro, not for the team, but it's a retro design. Well,
1: okay, so, so so the thing that I've been thinking about since since both these jerseys have been revealed, specifically the Stars one. Yeah. What? Why is the Winter Classic so beholden to hockey before 1970? I don't know.
0: I believe that's a question for Mister G. Bettman. No, but it didn't, come on, come on! You're a man of many opinions. Don't fucking don't.
1: Leave me high and dry now. Where where in the small print of the Winter Classic does it say that it has to be like we're fucking obsessed? We're absolutely like the the league as a whole has a fucking rock on for old time hockey. Like what are we doing messing around pretending oh. these teams are older than they are? Why are we why are we I, so obsessed with say, history?
0: I was gonna say this is one of those occasions where I'm still not sure you've ever seen hockey. <laughs> or know anything about it. And you were saying to me, why, why does the league have an obsession with old-timey retroness? And I'm like, well, well, we've just spent, like, we just eviscerated Milan Lucic, who was not eviscerated in the media for punching a man in the face. Because that's what the old-timers used to do. And you're wondering why the league has, like, an obsession with it. Because that's the NHL. That's that's they they seem to hold like all it's, it's like these traditional things, isn't it? Anything to do with tradition, old timiness. They fucking love it. They love it. If it was me, if it was me, the the stars jersey would have had an LED display on the back to really to really bring it into the twenty first century.
1: <laughs> Holographic.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and the preds one would have been a hologram with all like dead performers on the back. So, like, Whitney Houston, B.I.G., Michael Jackson, <laughs> um, Elvis, you know, the, the two of the Beatles, like, John Lennon, you know. Like, that's you, what I would have done for the uh, for the French jerseys.
1: Yeah, You know those Christmas jumpers you can get now where, like, there's a pocket for your phone and you, like, play yeah, it, and, yeah. know, like, a, a, a video of a roaring fire. Yeah, that yeah. For, <laughs> for a jersey. <laughs> it's just, like especially with these two teams it's nodding to a history that doesn't exist like it's not the heritage classic it's the winter classic and that's just i don't don't hate the stars jersey i I quite like it i feel like the jersey itself could do in more than two colors because again the more i look at it the more i think "Eh, it's just a bit fucking boring in it I don't know. I can't. I can't quite vocalize exactly how I feel about it, but it's just a, an element of, yeah. You know, the the Predators aren't the Dixie Flyers, and the Stars aren't the Dallas Texans of nineteen seventeen. So what are we? What are we doing here? Who designs the jerseys? Like, that's the thing. It's it's not the teams. It's, it's Adidas in conjunction with the league.
0: Yeah, but they must have a. I mean, do they employ a particular person for these jerseys or do they get like an outside agency in who like, you know,
1: yeah, it's, this it's, is what we want
0: this year kind of thing?
1: His name's Michael. Um, He does all the jerseys. <laughs> temp. He's a temp. He's, yeah, yeah, he's just he's just about, he's just around. Yeah, I don't think he takes salary. You might might get paid in tickets here or there. For...
0: Exposure. Paid in exposure. Pa- paid in exposure. Maybe he came from Mitch Marner's temp agency from the summer. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm sure it was a great joke that we had at the time. It was at the time, it was a killer. Absolute killer, absolute world
1: class Hall of Fame joke. <laughs> yeah. It's the problem where you make so many funny jokes on a weekly basis, Dan, that you just can't remember them
0: all. That, that is the problem, Will. We're too funny. That, that is the issue. We really are. <laughs> alright, let's get out. Let's fucking. Alright, one more thing and get out of this. Alright, alright. <laughs> Mum versus eight
2: year old. Hey, Will, you schmuck. You're gonna get roasted by an eight-year-old, you fool!
1: Oh, for fuck's sake! I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't want to know because I know I'm losing because you fucking rig it. Like the the problem with this whole thing, Dan. This
0: whole thing going back years now, back to man versus machine. You know what? You've been proper. You've been proper on one tonight. You can tell your flooring's fucked at your new house because you've been on a proper one tonight. You are. I mean, is it <laughs> is it related to the now?
1: Three and a half beverages I've consumed in this evening. Who's to say? Who is to say whether that's linked to how much of one I am on? But. <laughs> <laughs> There's no... Where's the proof, Dan? Where's the proof? Why would I lie? Why would I care? Because you're a fucking piece of shit. That's why you'd fucking lie. What <laughs> <For laughs> sake. This, this whole All podcast right. was
0: set up to make me look like a dickhead. And... Right. While I can't disagree with your assessment of me, and I won't, (laughs) in regards to this, I don't care enough to rig it. (laughs) I just, I genuinely don't care. That's what a man who would want to cover up how much he cares would say. (laughs) Yeah, I need to say that. (laughs) All right then, all right then, going forward, going forward, would you like me to just read out George's picks as well?
1: Uh, No, I'm not that interested. I just
0: want to have a go. You fucking
2: wanker!
1: I I I will be completely transparent here, in the name of transparency. I did say to Grace while we were discussing the uh, carpets, which we won't mention. I said, "I'm in such a mood that Dan's going to fucking get it tonight," and here we are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic! This is how friendships are really made,
1: just by having to take <laughs> taking out your anger on each other.
0: Yeah. If you can't call your mate a cunt and still be friends with him, is he even your mate? Well, no, of course not.
1: Who's? I I haven't met any people like that. So, exactly. no.
0: All right. Well, luckily for you this week, Will, as as we mentioned a few weeks ago, but I forgot to do it, I asked Georgia after her picks why she picked those teams. Ooh, so for nice. this week, I will give you the team she's chosen and the reason she picked them. But you are currently down eleven ten. So for the first time this season, you have fallen behind. Funny, funny that, cool. and, and I'll stay behind
1: until the end of the season with no, uh, with no pictorial evidence of uh, Georgia's picks. Wow. <laughs> it's all legit. You don't, you don't have to swear to me, Dan. You don't have to swear to me. <laughs> you have to swear to the all listeners right. out there that you've deceived for two and a half seasons worth of podcast.
0: How dare you? I like, have never done that. Anyway, <laughs> it's currently eleven to ten to Georgia. So uh, this week's games, right? Islanders Panthers. Islanders. Sends, hurricanes? Hurricanes. Sharks, preds, Preds. Jets, stars?
1: You should not be allowed to like have the stars in any of these predictions, because that just... <sighs> oh. they're, they're the ones that I can't not think about, because I know too much about them. You know what I mean? Like, I know that the, yeah, jet, yeah, I know. The, the, the Jets have been an absolute boogeyman for the stars ever since I started supporting them.
0: Um, the stars. Coyotes Wild. Yotes. Okay, so she picked the Islanders because islands are big. Yep. She picked the hurricanes. Yeah. She picked the Hurricanes because they can swoosh people up into the air. <laughs> yeah. Again, truth. She's, she's not she wrong. Pick, no. She picked the Preds because there are more predators in the world than there are sharks. Oh, she's got the logic down you know, down pat, really, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So for the first three, you picked the same. but now, Okay, so you picked these two different. Uh, she picked the jets because they can fly fast.
1: I mean, she doesn't really understand. if If, if she's implying that jets fly faster than stars you need to get her astronomy a bit more up to speed
0: and then uh coyote's wild she picked the wild because she said they can chew the coyotes and eat them make of that what you will well it's a it's
1: a jungle out there Dan. <laughs> there is a
0: jungle out there fuck, us, fuck it this show's been a jungle jesus christ all right I've,
1: I've, i feel like this has been the most nonsense show we've done and that's quite impressive considering we did a show all of what six weeks ago generally centred around bull semen
0: you'll never forget that will you never never <laughs> d- d- cra- crowning achievement of our lifetime that was amazing that was amazing alright fucking let's get out of here alright thank you for listening folks Um yeah Will any last words uh... no alright nice one take care folks we'll see you later bye. Peace. bye